0: Okay, so I'm just going to continue with the lecture that we were doing, um, and uh, we're going to, it's, what we're going to look now is the battle plan that we follow. I'm going to likely touch on some things and in the next lecture go a little bit deeper. Number one, the battle plan, spiritual warfare, we fight from our closets. Victory in our battle is to live lives that please God and to help others, and to help others comes first, and to have faith in God that expresses itself in prayer. We've got to pray with faith. We've got to pray that we believe God's actually going to do it. You know what I mean? It's not this, please, Lord, if we know his will, we can pray it into being. You know what I mean? We've got to have that kind of aggression in prayer in that sense. You know, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. We reach up for the promises of God, and we apply it. We say, Lord, your word says. You know, we pray it like that, you know. We can stand on God's word. The Bible says, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And when Paul finished describing the pieces of our armour in warfare with the strategies of Satan, he said, above all things, pray. Yeah. Joshua was sent to fight the enemy, but he lost the battles without Moses on the hill to lift up his arms in prayer. And as, uh, and as long as his hands were up, Israel won. When Moses could not hold him up any longer, Aaron and Ur came to help him. You see, just the whole topology of the church, you know, this was an act of faith. Charles Simeon says, the success of the Israelites here depended not upon the bravery of the soldiers or the skill of their commander, but on holding up the hands of Moses far away from the field of battle. We have here the secret of victory, the power of prayer and the help of friends, the prayer of agreement. so important, you know whenever i'm in trouble in my work situation and i I'll pick up that phone straight away to chris and i say pray with me over the phone now and every single time i feel better immediately feel better and i'm able to continue israel learned here what we must learn effort is not enough the real victory is not found on the battlefield but in the closet where we pray for god to bless our efforts Spurson says we do not read that joshua grew tired in the fighting but that Moses grew tired lifting up the rod and prayer. The more spiritual a duty is, he says, the more Satan hinders and wearies us. He said, self, another name for the sinful nature, with its pride, loves the battlefield where everybody watches to see how strong we are. Self hates the private closet where we tell God how weak and how much we need it. A Sunday school teacher can work hard, prepare a masterful lesson and get many compliments. But for that lesson to truly truly change lives the teacher must spend time praying for god's blessings now we need to raise up a generation of sunday school teachers like that you know that that pray for their children you know and 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 lead them to christ at an early age you know and disciple them maybe that's why we have so many powerless classes and pulpits we work hard but don't pray enough so we're going through a bit of a revival in our church our numbers have doubled and it's been like hectic night and I work during the day as well so it's been like night and day and quite frankly I was totally I burnt out twice in the last couple of weeks literally exhausted beyond and uh, you know and I said to the Lord the one time you know Lord why am I so tired man? you know what's going on and just one word came to me prayerlessness and I like looked that's right. I haven't. My prayer life has gone. I'm so busy that I'm not praying anymore. You know what I mean? I'm praying in the morning. I always pray with my wife in the morning, you know, every single morning of our lives. But that private prayer time had lacked. And the minute I changed that, I was walking with a dog and I was about 45 minutes out of the dog and I just changed it into prayer. I prayed from the moment that we started to the moment that we end. And you know what? When I got home, I was completely restored. I felt absolutely fine you know so prayerlessness is a is a big problem in the christians walk today two we fight for god's causes at the site of this first victory moses built an altar and named it jehovah nissi the lord my banner the banner or flag made an army identifiable these were god's people in god's army fighting god's battles you know what i mean (laughs) i love that we're on the lord's side too much of our so-called fighting service and effort is really for ourselves we show up our piety with our witnessing church attendance and attacks on the ways of the world the list is endless the question is do we do what we do for ourselves or for the Lord and the Bible says whatever you do do in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ you know what I mean we got to we we got to love Christ and God and do this for that reason and it makes everything else a lot easier. Christ went to the cross. If so He did that for me, I can go out tonight again. Another night. Nights after nights. We just don't care because if Jesus could do that for us, we could do this for Him. It's not a hardship for us. We don't consider that even a hardship. You know? And even if we get exhausted, we don't care. Three, we fight beside our comrades. People in the world. God did not allow Moses to fight alone. He did not lift up his rod for God to make the earth swallow up the melakots. He could have done that. God wanted to show how his church victory and his mighty miracles would come through ordinary men and women who are willing to pray and fight. And there are so few, you know, somebody had said that God will cross a million men to find one man that will stand up, or even today, that will stand up for him. Because faithfulness in the kingdom is like... People come to church when they want, they change prayers and they want. That that first level of faithfulness is gone. And God chooses faithful men, not equipped men, not even nothing wrong with learning, but that's not His first choice. His church is faithful men. He can give you the gifts and the ability to be able to do His work. You know. All right. So Moses was not alone. For the first time, we see Joshua, the friend, co-worker, and successor of Moses. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I'll stand on top of the hill with a rod of God in my hands. And when Moses went up the hill he didn't go low. He took his brother Aaron and a man named Hur like Joshua is senior, here for the first time. When Moses' arms grew tired they, they stepped in. They gave Moses a rock to sit on and each one held up an arm until the battle was won. Just to intercede, you know what I love in Exodus about, I think it was Exodus about uh, Joshua, it said you know that moses went to his tent and joshua remained in the temple he didn't even go home he slept in the temple He was he loved god Mm -hmm. moses going back to his tent and joshua he's sleeping at the foot of the lord in the temple in the outer courts probably i just thought that's so cool Mm -hmm. you know what i mean who was god going to choose to be number two to moses joshua because joshua loved god you know so Moses' arm grew tired. They stepped in. They gave Moses a rock to sit on, and each one held up an arm till the battle was won. God does not ask us, ask us to fight alone. That's why we have the church. The first thing after conversion, coming to Christ, is baptism, coming into the church. The people there are brothers and sisters, our friends, partners, and fellow soldiers. We need people around us as examples, encouragers, and instructors. We find this in the church. Jesus had the twelve. Peter had James and John paul Paul, had barnabas and timothy and we today have each other and and the most unimportant person in the church is just as important you know sometimes a new convert will speak truth into your life very quickly for you we need people around us as examples encouragers and instructors and we find this in the church the first words in the prayer jesus gave us to pray are our father when you are told you have leukemia when your teenager turns to drugs when your husband tells you he loves somebody else etc etc you have the church to come and rally around you I heard an interesting story on the radio and um a Christian radio not so long ago it was about a, a pastor whose daughter just went off the track you know he, she'd grown up in the church and uh, was a you know had been part of God's things all her life and then around about a teen late teenager she just lost the plot started drinking partying not coming home and in the end he had to say so you can't actually live in my house like this anymore you know with your drugs and the way you're carrying on and nothing they yet there must have been a big church because they had a thousand people in their prayer group you know he said every week we used to pray nothing ever happens you know for this for this daughter nothing ever we nothing changed you know but he said one night they were praying differently this prayer group and they prayed spiritual warfare against the devil that was holding that daughter out there and the church started rebuking the devil in Jesus name a thousand people praying 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 and he said he'd never seen a prayer meeting like this you know next morning the doorbell rang and who was standing at the door the daughter she said father I want to come home nothing else had worked and she <laughs> was serving God he was telling it and it happened years ago she's still serving God today the devil had, had stolen it you know what i mean and they were using the wrong weapons to retrieve it so you need the church when you lift your tears and troubles to heaven and say our father you know that all across the world are christians like you are praying the same prayer and facing the same battle nothing we face other christians have gone through you know if you're struggling with a certain sin you can actually google christians testimonies on that and you will hear other people how they overcame And what scriptures they used and what methods they used. And we can learn. We learn from the other Christians. You know what I mean? On how to do it. You know, you've got to research things sometimes to win some battles, you know. Paul says these wilderness scenes are an example and and warning for us. And he says our temptations and trials are common to man. We are going to face trials. You are going to go through hard times. Get over it and get through it. And we as a church need to carry people that sometimes we can't do anything, but sit in the dust with them. Yeah. You know, and just sitting in the dust with them encourages them. We can't always give them a hundred scriptures to follow. We've having done all, we stand, we just stand with them. people in the word of God, wearing God's armor, our sword is the word of God. We have a lot of first here, the first battle waged by the church the first mention of Joshua and of Ur, and the first time the Bible mentions the Bible. Moses, skilled in all the wisdom of Egypt, was told, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because it will completely blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Paul said the story of the wilderness gives us examples and warnings in 1 Corinthians 10. We find this from Genesis to Malachi and now from Matthew to Revelation. You are depressed over God, not helping you and seemingly ask too much of you and feel that you're all alone in this. Then in your Bible reading you'll find Jeremiah feeling the same way, telling God he's like a branch without water. You want to question God but feel it is wrong and you find Job bombarding heaven with questions on top of questions. You struggle so much against evil within me, you'd start to doubt your salvation. Then in your Bible reading you find Paul in Romans 7 saying, i do those things which i hate who will deliver me there's the great apostle saying he struggles with things in the flesh you know what i mean that which i do you know i don't want to do you know and uh you see he's struggling too you bury your child your heart is broken you feel like shaking your fist at god then you you read your bible about mrs Job. she left her babies in a cemetery and wanted to curse god but we never read that she did one man, whose wife died young, leaving him with two small children to raise, was consumed with bitterness, asking God, why me? One day reading the paper of a pastor whose wife and children were killed driving to church on Sunday morning. The pastor, in tears, told the reporter how he hoped God would help him carry on as a pastor. The man put the paper down and the quiet voice of God and the Holy Spirit, but threw three words in his heart, why not me? These simple words instantly conquered his bitterness and the two set him free we live in a world of hell God didn't promise us a rose garden that we're going to get one day but we are all we all suffer the same economic problems that are going on in the world but the Ravens will feed us we will never stop God promised he will supply our needs not our wants you know what I mean we can rest on that we will suffer if war comes we will suffer with the with the rest of the people but we will encourage the people we will strengthen them we will be a tree for them to come and shelter under we'll talk to them about god pray for them keep their spirits up that's what we will do but we will not escape war and disease when it comes through our towns and our cities it said that the black plague the christians were the first there and they died holding the people's hands talking to them about christ knowing they were going to die but just winning one more person and they fell with the people and the as the black plague raged I love that we go in when others go out you know what I mean we say where's the worst spot let's go there you know Christ died and suffered for us so that we can be reconciled to God he made a way for us so we could be saved we could overcome the darkness in the world if we repent and bow and knee before the king of the universe our lord jesus christ you'll find you not alone for every brother and sister in christ is on the same road and we will gladly link arms with you in this journey any old christian who's been my wife and i celebrate 30 years marriage recently Yay. you know any old christian has fought the devil in his life on many fronts and overcome yeah. you know and you could go to an older christian and speak to him. he'll tell you how to be a christian in times of trouble They have walked roads that you cannot even imagine and been hammered by devils you can't even think about and levels of devils that you can't even think about they've been alone betrayed denied and stabbed in the back and many older christians are wounded because of it they show it in their nature they're quick tempered and you know they say things that you don't think they should say or behave in ways you don't think they should behave but if you walked in their shoes the last 30 40 years have you been betrayed and denied so badly that your closest friends are the ones that are betrayed? And you've had to lay it before the Lord. So we find us the older Christians are our shields are dented, our armor's dented, our swords are chipped, and we bear many wounds in the houses of our friends. So don't judge too quickly an older Christian when he's not the Christian that you think he must be. You know what i mean and you have not walked that road you know we need to pray for all the christians that god will heal them and help them often a christian's acting badly because of the way that he's been he's too he doesn't let himself go to too many people in the church you know which is wrong we should be open with the lowest in the church but it's easy to say that until you be betrayed by everybody sitting there. you understand what i'm saying so Go to the older christians if you're struggling in your walk you know what i mean and they'll be able to give you good advice even in leadership the bible says not a novice a guy shouldn't be a novice in the church leadership lest being lifted up he fall into condemnation of the devil you know have mercy on the older christians they've been a long road and fought many devils across some across the countries of this world you know all right, unfurl your war banner jehovah nissi the lord our banner and even if sometimes the enemy seems to prevail against us it's only for a moment and then we'll have victory always my whole walk with christ you know when the the war is the hottest you just have to stand sometimes eh? get people to pray with you just stand 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 and one morning you wake up it's done it's finished the clouds go the sun shines again and you think geez it wasn't so bad after all Nothing I ever thought in my life, in my darkest hour, ever came to pass. <laughs> you know, when I really thought I was losing all my money, had no money, had no job. My wife and I think we are going to move into the ark in our <laughs> darkest hours. It never ever happened, did it? We're still here. All those terrible things we thought were going to happen. God delivered us always on time and in his time all right so that ends that lecture we're going to go on to signs you're in a spiritual warfare I'm going to quote some scriptures again and again because it's just different lectures from series that I've done before whatever so um, have mercy upon me if I do that mm-hmm. Ephesians six twelve says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities lowest level de- demons against powers high ranking demons against rulers of darkness in this world higher ranking than that and against spiritual wickedness in high places in a battle we may not see it we might forget it's there but the enemy would love nothing more than to fill our minds with discouragement and defeat if you're a believer who is living like salt and light in a dark world you can't won't go for long without encountering obstacles and attacks that he will hurl in your direction that you won't think are attacks you just think it's oh, normal nonsense it's not and though we can't always stop his cruel attacks we don't have to let him win God reminds us in his word to stay aware of Satan's schemes, to live alert in the world, and to stay close to him. God gives specific instructions in his word. He gives us all we need to be able to stand strong in this life. We should never be defeated. We can get knocked down, we can lose a battle even, but we win the war. The of said England, they, they lose all the battles, we win the war in the old days. You know, we can lose battles and I've been knocked down and wounded that I can't get up for a couple of days. But the church comes along and picks you up again you know and then you do better next time there's nothing else we need but god's word in this fight yet all too often we race through busy full days ill-equipped unprepared or simply not aware of what we're up against or who the real enemy even is there's just a disconnect in the christian world today so there are many ways we may be fighting spiritual battles in our lives and the world today here are five examples also from scripture that may reveal you're under attack number one sudden or extreme onslaught of various troubles, losses or troubles comes from nowhere it wasn't on the back of anything if I'm running my business badly and then the business goes down then it's because I'm running my business badly devils weren't involved you know but a sudden or extreme onslaught of various troubles like the other day suddenly I'm having troubles coming from everywhere I'm stressed out I lost my way with the Lord I'm, I'm over, the enemy has overrun me and all it needed was a prayer of agreement over the phone of my wife praying for me and it, the darkness dispelled I felt instantly better the Intercessor group got on it and within an hour all my troubles were gone it wasn't even troubles anyway you know, I'm telling the guy to put diesel in my petrol bucket you know, you know I got so confused you know so that's a, a sign be suspicious If it doesn't look right and you're a christian serving the lord if something's happening you know it just doesn't look right it's not right don't think and try and excuse it you know what i mean it's not right two attacks of physical danger illness and life-threatening loss. i don't know but stuff you know what i mean these these are demonic things you know you need to deal with it in the spirit and with the weapons of god's warfare you know you've got to deal with this thing Walking down the road, Oaks going to try to rob you, don't he? Don't talk to him about Jesus, you know. Say, hey Brook, can I pray for you? He's got a knife against you. Said, I'm going to pray for you now, man. You mean? Know, are not going to take my life. It's not my time yet. I've still got God's work to do. But let me pray for you quickly. I'm telling you, flee. Or we rebuke that thing in him in Jesus' name, you know. So, physical danger, illness. Uh, I, too many Christians don't recognize it like that, you know. They don't understand that the demonic can use illness against you. In the the satanic brotherhoods, they give you cancer and take it away at their will to discipline you. So you think they can't give you cancer? Cancer can also come from not eating right and so on. But, you know, we don't think that the enemy can't deal with you in these areas. Um, Illness or life-threatening loss. Three, increase temptation and luring towards sin or wrong choices. You know, you're just not strong in the Lord now, and the enemy senses that he knows you, like the girls, he knows exactly everything about you. Everything, every little weakness in you, he knows. And they, they wait for a time to exploit it. How many men of God have fallen in the last couple of years? Yeah. You know, they stood strong, and then one day they got involved. And There was their ministry God, but you too, you will feel an increased temptation, and that from nowhere, suddenly treat it as demonic. Feelings of overwhelming despair, darkness, and fear. You know what I mean? God never uses dark fear to tell you what to do. God tells you not what uh, to not do, something He doesn't use fear at all, ever like that. You don't feel that terrible fear. You don't feel I can't walk down this road here because I'm scared. That's not God telling you; it's your flesh telling you. You're just scared. You know what I mean? God will tell you, don't go down that road. You'll feel it in your heart, don't go down that road, and you won't feel any fear about it. And you'll realise I mustn't go down that road. God never uses fear like that. Wherever you feel fear like that is demonic. Yeah. The whole enemy kingdom operates through fear. What's demonic? Or it's your flesh? You're scared of heights cockroach all kinds of things you understand that's you that's not god no. god's not happy and the devil knows you're scared of a cockroach so next time you're preaching a big sermon that cockroach is going to fall from the ceiling right onto your desk here, and you got you down the stairs you just blew your testament because you've never come your stinking fear they took the devil. i saw uh, they, they took uh, the devil took jesus to the heights of the temple to see if there was fear of heights in him yes. you know looked at him looked at him said are you scared of heights what are you scared of are you scared of heights? you know we've got to overcome it mm-hmm. god's not angry with us because we have fears but we could not to remain in them fear of dogs and sharks and all kinds of things people are scared of fear does not have a place in our life we've got to drive it from you." Or the enemy will use it against you all the time. And it will be your chink in your armor that you will fall one day. Because Job said, that's which I feared came upon you. The devil knew his fear, losing everything. You know, losing his family, losing his money. The devil spied it and said, that's where I'm going to hit him. And Job realized that. That's which I fear came upon him. But we are to fight back overwhelming despair darkness and fear always demonic deep confusion feelings of condemnation guilt and dull spiritual awareness You're being had now you're being led you see he can't always attack you to your face because he knows you have the weapons of God's warfare Mm -hmm. So he 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 misleads you hey shiny thing here come check this out Come have a look here I've seen it so much and Christians they they do well in ministries then they get a a job offer in job double the money they're gone and the devil just showed them the kingdoms so they'll said come here i'll give you the king and you leave the ministry you go up there you never ever serve in god's kingdom again you might go to church and that but you're utterly no effect in this world you were just tempted out and you're too stupid to pray through you know what i mean and i want to tell you it's the oldest trick in the book he offered Jesus the kingdoms of this world, okay. all the dancing girls, showed them them all. But well, I'll give you, just do this, just listen to me. He's doing it to you too, yeah. and me, because it works in the world, doesn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? So we got to grow up, you know, and be careful. Not everything that shines comes from God. Not everything that glitters is gold. Daily, that. Okay, so confusion, condemnation, guilt, and dull spiritual awareness. You're actually backsliding. You know, when, when I was younger, we used to train a lot in the gyms. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, how did you know if you're burning out? They, 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 the, the experts say, How do you realize that you've done too much? That you've, you've been training too much? They say you don't feel like training anymore. It's first time that you've actually gone too far the minute that you love training but now you don't feel like I don't feel like training today you've, you've gone too far and it's the same in spiritual you don't feel like reading your Bible anymore you don't feel like going to church anymore you're backsliding the enemy's sucking you out with movies with all kinds of things and you're worldly now you know what I mean and he's just pulling you away pulling you away and you going like a sheep to the slaughter you know what I mean so we've got to be dull spiritual awareness um, is always a warning even sign for me as well you know all right so it can be suffering and can happen slowly over time but that's why we watch one another we can see so-and-so is not coming to church anymore you know they were we had that at the party on a Friday night we go call them what do you do you've been lost and you don't even know it you've been tempted out of the kingdom being had all right so a slow constant pulling away from god's truth will leave us feeling confused irritated conflicted and facing generalized feelings of guilt and condemnation that we can't seem to shake it off we start losing our temper too quickly (laughs) before we're doing okay but now we started to get ratty. can happen to me too can ask my wife you know we've lost our desire to press in and pray we're we too busy we've got too much to do even good things the devil make you so busy that you know good actually whatsoever give you so much work sometimes in the world utterly consume you and you're just you're losing your way don't go to church busy all the time it's oldest just tricks in the book i mean every christian knows it but not today they don't you know all right, so we're not in God's word, we're out of fellowship with believers, some are believing the lie that we can do this life all on our own, and yet we feel a dark cloud of confusion and guilt that follows us around and doesn't go away. But in a setting, conflict and broken relationships we once cared about, we don't even know what to believe anymore, and are sort listening more and more to what the world says is right. Mm-hmm. You're drifting, and you're in a very dangerous storm, and you're being sucked into darkness and loss. And you can lose your way completely. So get out of the trap. Stir yourself to action. Know that God's power is greater to break through the trap of condemnation and confusion. And God reminds us in his word that he is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Mm. So you starting to get confused. Enemies attack. 1 Corinthians 14:33. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. God arms us with his sword. The Word of God to stand against the enemy's lies equips us with strength, wisdom, discernment through His own Spirit to stay strong in the battle. Invites us to spend time in His presence through prayer and worship, pressing Him and and to know more. As we grow to know God's truth more and more, understanding what is real, we also grow to know what what is actually false. And you start growing up as a Christian, being able to discern good and evil. Some people do something, we all go like our jaws will drop. I said, don't. That's like darkness, and they don't know that. No. They think they care, you know, as Christians do that kind of thing. Christians go and watch these movies on vampires. Um, what was it called, that series? Twilight. 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 You know, we used to sit in the restaurant in, 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 and watch the Christians walking past going to watch the movie Twilight. I was at a, we were at a Christian uh, um Uh, uh, restaurant a little while back, and the woman had black fingernails and that was helping us. So I started talking to her and we saw something hanging around her neck We said, what is that? It's the Twilight thing, something from Twilight. have you lost your thinking mind? Vampires are the enemies of Christ, they have the upside down cross, but the the world's been sucked into the romance of it. I mean, I kid you not. Do you know what the kind of problem that is with the churches at the moment? they they love these shows these are the enemies of christ what are you even sitting here talking to them about or even looking at their stuff you know anyway you know so god as we read god's word we start to learn we're able to discern when something's not right we're stronger to stand against in the powerful name of jesus he never leaves us to fend for ourselves in a dark world but reminds us he's constantly with us fighting for us even when we cannot see has five things, and I'm going to touch on some of them, and then in the next lecture a little bit more, okay? And some of them. Five things he offers us to stand firm against attack. One, the gift of the Holy Spirit. God fills us with strength, wisdom, and discouragement through his own spirit to stay strong in battle. There's no reason to fail. We have no reason. Jesus did everything for us. He never leaves us to fend for ourselves and fight in our own strength. We need his fresh filling every day. And, and I say that because a great man of God that I knew said, christians they they say they're baptized in the holy spirit but their cups are empty you know they've emptied themselves out through ministry they whatever they're doing and they they need a refill you need to go to god sometimes say my cup is empty lord for me because i wanted to we see too many empty vessels now making the most noise men who are not walking in the spirit anymore but are christians they love god but they're empty vessels, you know, and so we need his fresh infilling. We need empowerment only the Holy Spirit can give us. You're not going to fight these levels of demons without God's power. I can tell you that right now. In your own strength, they'll flick you into orbits. These devils are, they look at us and despise us and hate us for our weaknesses. Devils hate the human race, and most of all, they hate that God has given such weak creatures' ability over them and they hiss at you and growl at you when they see you no? and if they could that you would have independence day that movie here if they had the right you'd wake up there'd be spaceships in the sky and they would enslave the entire human race and eat us and do terrible things with us They're given half the chance because they don't like us they hate us and they despise us for our weaknesses that we are so easily such little sweetie pies you know what i mean that's what devils think about us. You're going to need the power of God to deal with these creatures. Every believer has the gift of God's spirit dwelling in. The same power that raised Lazarus from the dead, parted the sea, broke open prison doors, caused the lame to walk, is the same powerful spirit that is alive in us today. Yeah. How many Christians know that? <coughs> the Old Testament Christians would have been shocked believers would have been shocked to see what god is doing in christians life mm. you know samson the power of the spirit came upon him it didn't stay on him all the time came upon him ripped the lion apart you know you know killed a thousand men you know what i mean and then went they didn't live in them like it is in us the, the power of god's spirit jesus said in acts 1 verse 8 but you will receive dunamis power that's a greek word for power That power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the disciples had already prayed for the sick. Am I I right? Jesus had sent them out two by two. Cast out devils. Raised the dead in some places. They done all those things. But Jesus said, you're going to need power. You know, they must have thought, "What? what? What else? What power do we need? to be my witnesses to the world, to have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, to defeat all the enemy's arguments, to take God's uh, in into any situation that you find yourself, be able to deal with any situation we find ourselves in. We have got God's spirit to do that. You shall receive power. Two, the armor of God. God reminds us not to go into the day without being prepared and equipped for battle. He tells us to take up his full army in order to stand against the enemy's scheme. Each piece has a specific purpose; is designed for our protection and covering. Um, you know, some people put on their armor every day. I don't. I don't do that. I I see the armor as being attached to our behavior. You have a breastplate, a righteous belt of truth. You know what I mean? You have a shield and a sword. You know what I mean? These are things that you get by reading God's word, by uh, a building your faith. You know what I mean? And when you haven't got it, then you don't have that armor you know what I mean that's how I see it but we need to be so you need to need to be repented up you know every day make sure the enemy's got no legal ground against you you know what I mean that he can use again because he's the master lawyer and he's a devil still he's a master theologian and he's a devil still you know what I mean so we need to be you never allow him any legal right to attack you you're watching porn the night before or you fell into that you haven't repented about you i want to tell you depression and oppression and whatever's coming your way today mm. and you're going to find your workplace is a hellhole suddenly and the enemy's in your ranks and you can't get him out he has legal ground you were in his house always yeah. um the one church i was in there was these two youngsters uh, um, i wasn't at the, i was r- running the youth at that time which was mainly matric um aged kids and that but um i wasn't there the one friday night i was at home and somebody else was running the meeting and a kid brought another kid in full of demons absolutely raging uh, they weren't christians he saw the light of the church and his his friend was manifesting so badly he pulled him on the street into the wall and then they phoned me and said please going to come and help you know so i went there and this, this child was raging demonic you know and i rebuked the devil out of him and, and commanded it to be still and i asked him see where have you what's been going on they were in the movie constant time okay i haven't watched it but it's about the devil apparently. two unsaved in a movie in the devil's house and this thing entered into what he's watching you see he gave him legal ground you know what i mean you've got to be careful the enemy's a lawyer he'll stand He'll say the lord this is he was in my house he is, he was doing my things and you will not escape that unless you repent repentance removes the legal ground of the enemy um from us so that you know we notice that you know if you're trying to cast a devil out of somebody and you've got sin sinning you enough know, the devil someone names it he says but you were watching that movie last night don't come talk nonsense to me they know. But if you repented about it and you've made right with God, He's not allowed to bring it up. They're not allowed. To. If it's under the blood, they can't bring it up. The Czech Christians get exposed in demonic This uh, <laughs> It's quite terrible. Eh? All right. Okay. So each piece has a specific purpose. And uh, put on the full arm of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil for our struggles, not against flesh and bread. Three, prayer. God invites us to have a relationship. He desires us to spend time in his presence, pressing into knowing more. He reminds us constantly in the word, in his word, of the importance of prayer and the power that is found in there. He tells us to pray without ceasing. Yeah. In your car. Lord, I'm going to my building site now. Lord, just help me to make a right decision there. You know, and I, while I'm thinking about it, how many? One minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to get through any of these, all these lectures. Anyway, okay, we'll try. Okay, so pray in the morning, at work, at school, during sports, everything we do, even sports. We pray about our sports. We're getting involved. Now, Lord, help me to glorify your name here. Help me to do my best, you know, in your work. Lord, help me to understand what I'm studying. Give me that uh, understanding heart so I can glorify you by doing this. You know, everything we pray, about the woman washing the 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 dishes you know lord help me help me to do this a good job we, we're constantly talking to god about everything you know what i mean you're just you praying about everything and you're just inviting god into your world who loves to be in your holy Spirit's not bored because you're washing dishes he's quite fine talking to you about it or whatever you know in your spirit and you're having a nice time with the lord there you know what i mean we gotta invite god into everything Ephesians 6, 18, we pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. James 5, 16, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Must I stop there? Okay. okay. Take the time okay. Number four, his word. He arms us with the sword. And I want to deal with this a little bit more in the next uh, lecture. He arms us with the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, to stand against the enemy's lies. Praying God's words back to him is a powerful weapon against the forces of evil. Mm. It is truth going out into enemy territory. It reminds us that God knows our way and understands what we face today. It builds our faith. And there's no other way of building faith than reading God's word. You can whistle Dixie, you can go to church, you can go to soldiers, you can watch the like Christians are watching every preacher on TBN until you're blue in the face. But I want to tell you, real faith is birthed in reading God's word. And I'm saying reading, not, not necessarily studying, which we must do too, but reading it. Reading vast amounts of the Word builds faith without you knowing why. I don't know how it works, it just does. You know what I mean? It changes a dynamic in you. It washes you clean and over weeks you'll find suddenly I can believe God for things I never believe. It's God. best re- uh, remedy for doubts, reading vast amounts of God's Word. not one half a chapter a day one line a day for your scripture reading i remember reading a uh, years back um, about the secret of this one great man's power you know and he, ne- he read the bible all day he'd like 15 minutes in the day it wouldn't go by and he'd stop and he'd say sorry i've got to read my bible you know what i mean and he'd read his life was he did incredible things for god but the word of god was a secret to his power Okay, so Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is a living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints, of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. 2 Timothy 3.16, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. God's word is a supernatural power. And in saying that, this is not in my notes in that, There are lots of people who read the Bible and they've got no power in it. It's a dead book to them. It's alive to those who ask God to make it alive. You know, Jesus walked with his disciples and he opened their minds to be able to understand what he's saying. I had to do the same. When I first started reading the Bible, it was a boring book. I used to read all these Christian books and then try and read the Bible. The Bible was hard to read. But I had to ask God. I said, I know you want me to read your word. But i'm actually quite frankly bored I, I can't read it it's dead to me but i'm going to carry on reading it in faith you have to help me you know what i mean and then one day i came in from a workshop and i sat down i took my bible up and i couldn't stop reading it. it it felt like drinking water hours go by and you see a guy still sitting there reading his Bible, and he can't take his eyes it. he's just it's god opened your mind that book is a closed book to the world and to those who don't want to you know examine its depths it's the most incredible it's a living word of god and we need to read to learn it like that and you need to be honest with god if it's not because it is for most christians difficult in the beginning you know what I mean? it needs to become you, it, you need to move from the flesh to the spirit and then you will see you won't put that bible on. we should teach all our new converts in prisoners You know what I mean? And we'd come in, we'd see them, they read their Bibles for hours after a while. They can't get out, they're so excited, giggling away there. The things, what they're seeing in the Bible and funny things. And The Lord's funny sometimes, you know? The laughter comes from Him. You know? And they're enjoying God. And your Bible, you should enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying it, you're dead to it. And you need to ask God to make that alive. Confess it. And He will answer that prayer, I can tell you that now not always immediately because he wants to see if you're going to stick by it knock and it shall be open seek and you will find so I still had to read the bible feeling dead for a little while longer until one day I couldn't stop reading and it's still like that for me today all right where am I now uh, did, you, did you want to take a break or something is that what you gave me the warning it's entirely up to you you take time you how much longer have I actually got Technically, it's almost 12, but we can go a bit since prayer time. Lunch is at 1 so if you'd like us to have prayer time before 1 o'clock, then it's up to you. Okay. It's 10 to 12 now. All right, so I don't think I'm going to finish these lectures anyway, but let me just make uh, these sections a little bit smaller, and then we can get on to the last lecture, and that's that we need to talk about, okay? Obedience to Christ, a willingness to obey the words and commandments of Christ in the world that would say to walk in our own way is huge. Obedience is everything with the Lord. You you can try everything. You can go and sing praises till you bleed in the face. You can write the Lord letters. But I want to tell you obedience and listening to the, what the Lord's telling us to do according to his word. Stop swearing. Stop uh, hating your these people. You know, behave in love, walk in love. Those things are huge with God. If you want to move forward in his kingdom, that's how you move forward. God looks for that, doesn't want to hear how much of the Bible you can quote. And yet you're the most unloving person ever. You know, and in Corinthians 13, we're told then it means nothing. You can have all wisdom, all knowledge, understand all mysteries. But if you don't have love, you're actually nothing. You know what I mean? So God is very big on that obedience to the Lord. I've noticed that, you know, you want to feel the presence of the Lord walk how the lord wants you to feel love those that are the unlovable be kind to those and as you're just doing that the presence of the lord manifests much in your life you'll see wow i just feel the presence of the lord in my life you know what i mean because you're doing god's will. you're walking in love god's love you know all right so it's a daily choice It says you'll be careful of every thought we'll take up our cross daily and follow christ's ways not our own submit to god's authority be ruthless with sin which is an open door for your enemy to work sin without repentance gives the enemy a foothold in your life resist him and he has to flee in his book how great generals win bevan alexander tells of the general who beat hannibal one of hannibal's most effective tactics was the use of elephants in battle for years the roman soldiers and horses were ineffective against the elephants until the roman general scipio africanus made a brilliant decision to startle Hannibal's elephants with trumpets and cause them to retreat in fear. Until the defeat of Hannibal of Carthage, the Romans could not make the move towards world empire. Like Hannibal, Satan uses intimidating tools to win spiritual battles against us. You will always be afraid of what... I want to just tell you about God as well. You'll be always afraid of what God is telling you to do. It will always scare you. Go speak to those people in the front go witness to that guy in the street. It's always going to threaten you. Mm. It's always going to... God's always going to put you out in a limb. And you've got to be brave enough and do it. Yeah. You know, when you do it, the fear disappears. But I'm just warning you, everything God's going to tell you to do is going to be bigger than what you can do. And if it isn't, it's your vision, not God's vision. Yeah. It will scare you and keep your night at awake praying for help to be able to do what God is wanting you to do. So like uh, Hannibal Satan uses intimidating tools, we must stand against him with weapons that even he cannot counter. We must unleash hell against hell. Truth, and righteousness, gospel of peace, faith, salvation, sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. We are told in James 4, 7, if we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil with these tactics, he will flee. Run away as if in dirt. And I mean, if you submit yourself to God and resist. Resist isn't always an immediate thing. It can be a resistance, a constant resistance to the enemy, pushing back. Sometimes our deliverances are not immediate. Sometimes it's weak in the trenches, weeks in the trenches, where we're taking incoming and things are going hard, and we are just to stand fast and resist. And then you'll see how God uh, destroys that. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We need to get to a place where you take your thoughts captive. You can't be lying lying awake at night and you're worrying about 100,000 things. You know, that's not taking every thought captive. God promises his beloved sleep. Get up, go down to the lounge or to the lounge, take your Bible, go open it when your thoughts are racing and you can't read until you feel better. Just where, wherever you're reading is, you don't have to open it like a, like a Russian roulette uh, book. You just carry on with the re- and you read and you read for half an hour if you must. Read the word of God, just read it. And as you read it, it washes you, it strengthens you, you find peace, you pray about your situation and you know what? You go back to sleep. But Christians, don't want to get up in the middle of the night now and go and fight a war against thoughts, raging thoughts, you know, worry, fear, you know and that's what i do now i'll go on my own now i'll go and be with alone with the lord till i feel better it's like a half an hour sometimes you know or 45 minutes reading the word praying about my situation reading and then i sometimes just have to read until the storm calms, and i feel a peace of god now now i'm okay then the faith has arisen in my heart again and then i sleep big problem with christians is sleeping the blood of christ and the word of our testament We are overcomers in this life because he has overcome and our lives are hidden in Christ with God. No enemy or obstacle can touch our spirit. When we've been set free by the blood of Christ and the power of his sacrifice by death on the cross, we have a new identity in him. We've been bought with a price. We are not our own, but covered by the grace and forgiveness of Jesus. We live victorious. You can be victorious in any situation that you find yourself in no demon or darkness can ever separate us from the love of god which is in christ our lord there's nothing that the enemy has in his arsenal that can stop you from uh, going to your quiet time and being alone with the lord there's power in the name of jesus revelations 12:11. 11 they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and be, they did not love their life even when faced with death he was given an example of a spirit that freezes you You know what i mean there are many different kinds of demonic spirits you know and um in prison we had that spirit that used to come and freeze you at night you can't move some of you know exactly what i'm talking about sitting here it free you can't move you're you're absolutely frozen they hold your tongue you can't say the name of jesus and you just feel the presence of evil so it's quite common during us all the prisoners christian guys it was a laugh about it but and then all you can think about it, it utterly overwhelms your thought mind indeed and all you can think about is the name of Jesus, and you're just holding on that name, holding on that name, holding on. And, and, and then somewhere along the line, it breaks, and then it's gone, you know? But one day, I'm lying in my bungalow, you know, it's late at night, and uh, uh, there are lots of demons in that kind of prison, you know, as you can well know. And uh, I'm lying in the bed, I'm awake, and I feel in my heart this things come in the door. They're always coming in the doors and windows, by the way i feel it comes in the door so i thought i've got a shield of faith I, I lay there on the bed of the shield of faith i waited until it jumped on me and i pushed up against it, but it didn't do anything he said i didn't have the right weapon of our warfare it just <coughs> squashed me again and then i went in this terrible dark can't move utterly frozen you can't move at all you know what i mean you just feel like hell is overwhelming you completely you know and then the spirit of the lord showed me something that i, I couldn't say it so they hold your tongue, you can't say the name of Jesus. And I'm lying there like that, and, and yet all I felt the thought say, think of the blood of Christ. And that's all I could do. I just thought of the cross and the, and the blood running down from Jesus' hand. And as I did this, this thing just broke off me like that. Yeah. And he jumped onto another guy in the bungalow who was sleeping and pummeled him. Because <laughs> the oak started screaming two beds away from me. Oh! He started shouting because like the thing was hitting. And then it ran out the room, I have run out the room. But I've never had that attack. Never since I used that weapon, he knows you can't come now with it. Never have I been do- had that thing jump on me again, and it was quite common. So the blood of Jesus Christ is also very powerful. As I was going to end this lecture now by this. I was listening to the radio one day in my car, and I heard the testimony of a top gun pilot in America. He told us a story that really impacted me. He said one day he was on duty at an airport in some mountainous area with his you know his latest fighter jet f-35 or 14 i don't know which one it was or something like that and he said he, they got a call from a Cessna pilot who'd lost all his instruments in the mountains in the mist and he couldn't find the airports and he was in dire trouble you know? so the airport asked him to get in his latest fight and go and help this guy and bring him in you know? so he said no problem this christian guy a top gun pilot climbed into his fighter jet he said he flew up turned his radar on quickly found the guy he pulled up next to him throttling back you know what i mean he came up next to him you know and he established radio contact with the guy it's true story this you know and he said to the guy i'm going to put on my back lights i'm going to fly in front of you just follow me i'll take you down to the runway and uh, he pulled down in front of him and he led him all the way down and the guy safely landed and he said that Cessna pilot ran and hugged him, weeping and thanking him for saving his life. And the fighter pilot said, we should be like that as Christians. We need to be the state-of-the-art fighter planes that God can deploy in any circumstance and anywhere, knowing that we have all the weapons to defeat the enemy and to do his work. We have the correct instruments and we can lead the lost to safety. We need to be those state-of-the-art Fight the place. Can God deploy you in any situation? In the, you know, some Christians said to me, ah, oh, I'm working in a Muslim building. They're all Muslims. I said, I'll just say, praise God. We're going to turn these Muslims to Christ. No problem. We are the, God should be able to deploy you anywhere. But can he? Can he with most Christians? And you won't be defeated, overrun by the Jehovah's Witnesses. I get, I get aggressive, they run away from me, you know what I mean, because I don't take a nonsense call Jesus Michael the Archangel, you know, I don't treat them kindly, you know, and uh, come talk nonsense, you know, to us soldiers of Christ, you know, I say to him, can I pray for you, I tell you, you pray for me in the name of Jehovah, and I'm going to pray for you in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to cast that devil right out of you now, but you pray for me first, come, they won't. They push each other and they say, No, hey, we're going now. No, they go. <laughs> they won't. Try that. Try that with the Joseph. He won't let you pray for him. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why won't you let you pray for him? I say, You pray for me first. Anything you want. Come on. Do it. Not one of them has taken that job. And I will cast that devil right out of them if they let me. I'm telling you. Okay, so we are powerful in Christ to fulfill God's will here on earth. We've got to raise up and become those Christians that God can use you anywhere Africa let's go you know what I mean let's go to the worst place there we're going to we're going to win them to the Lord you are now you question of if first you're going to drive the devils out through prayer so that they're not present and you're going to come talk to the other humans about Jesus and you're going to give them the best news they've ever had that they can be saved when I was in Sri Lanka it's such a horrible place you know that um, Buddhism religion is terrible, you know, and evil and, and the Hindus just as bad. And um, we were in a place where there'd been a genocide a couple of years before. Uh, the Buddhists killed all the Hindus. They surrounded them and just wiped them out. Raped every woman. Buddhists rape every woman in prison. You don't go to a Buddhist prison because I see there was a program on it not so long ago. You know what I mean? The horrors. You know, but I want to tell you something. And when we gave the good news to these guys, we didn't have, not one person didn't get saved. He had like a hundred percent salvation. We gave them the good news. You know what I mean? All right. So I'll end with this scripture of this lecture. Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him has chosen him to be a soldier.